Welcome once again to the Irish NFL podcast, brought to you in association with Titan Roofing. As always, I'm Mark Cockrell, uh, again, a bitterly disappointed Patriots fan, but I'm joined, as always, by my good friends, some of whom are less disappointed. Brian O'Leary, good afternoon, Brian. Good afternoon, Mark. A gleeful Giants fan. And Gordon Bridgefield, good afternoon, Gordo. Good afternoon, Mark. Gordo, as always, is the smug Steelers fan on our podcast, so... Gents, a pleasure as always. Week 11 is in the books. Um, a few horrific blowouts in places. I mean, uh, Matt Patricia is going, going, gone. I can't believe the Lions didn't score a single point against the Panthers. And there were a few you know, abject performances. My Pats I'll put up there as well um, as, you know, they've got a passing game going, but they lost uh, horribly badly to the, the Houston Texans. Their wonderful three and seven record as it is now. But in amongst the dross, there was some quality and there's some good games that went on. Um, some good, good quality games and, and real talented uh, individual performances. Um, what do you guys want to talk about this morning? Who, who do you particularly stood out for you in relation to the, the matchups? Oh, I'll jump in first. Um, <clears throat> I was the only one who picked them last week, picked the Colts. And uh, look, the three of us at some stage during the year have been kind of up and down on whether Rivers could potentially win that division for the Colts and bring them to the playoffs. But as, I, but as I touched on last week, for some reason, Rivers seems to always pull it out of the bag against Aaron Rodgers. You know, his two best career performances have been against the Packers. They were the only AFC team to beat the Packers last year. And he done a number on them last week again in a what was a very entertaining game. But at halftime, you probably wouldn't have saw the second half that was coming because the Packers seemed very much in control, 28-14 up. But they didn't do very much in the second half, Packers offensively, to, until towards the back end of the game. Coles came back very well, got themselves in front, had the ball at the end to, to kind of see the game out. But bad time management on, on terms of the selection of players. They were throwing the ball when there was no need. They should have been running and, and making the Packers use up those timeouts. And Rogers, Ben Rogers, had that last opportunity, got them down, could have won the game, set for a field goal. And then in overtime, a fumble. By, I'll try to pronounce it, Scandrick. Va- Va- Valdez Scantling. There we go. And I actually listened to Roger's interview since then this week. He's done an interview with a number of podcasts, one podcast in particular. And he was very um, positive about that particular player, where in the past we've seen Roger's kind of be a bit disgruntled with some of his receivers. He actually said to him after the game, Look, if you hadn't made that 40, 50 yard catch towards the back end of the game, we wouldn't have got to overtime. And he was very positive about that particular receiver, which is good to see because. Packers are going to go to the playoffs, and it's good to see Rodgers as, you know, we've all, we've always kind of challenged whether he's a team player, but maybe this season we're seeing a different a different Aaron Rodgers. It was a great game that, and a big win for the Colts. Yeah, I think it's nice to see Aaron Rodgers come out because, to be honest, just to a point on the Valdez Scantling fumble, he's been receiving death threats from Packers fans. As in, it's it's completely as in it's been all over the news the last day or so. Again, it just shows you like some sports fans just take things way too far, and like to be getting death threats for fumbling a pass, like it happens. And as Aaron Rodgers says, he's fumbled numerous balls in the past and lost games for the Packers. So it's it's kind of one of these things. He came out and he's defended Scantling to the hilt, which is yeah. really, really nice to see. Uh, but you never want to be seeing that from Packers fans. But like, sorry, how bizarre can they get? Like, why would you even bother sending death threats for a regular season game when you're already going to the playoffs? It's not like... I know Brandon Bostic, for example, I could bring up in terms of knocking you out of the playoffs in the whole season. Um, 
that is a little strange. I must admit, I'm the Colts. Um, you're right, Brian. You did pick them. I kind of had this feeling about them as well, but I didn't pick them. I went for the pack still. And when the pack were up 14 points, I think on two occasions, like you certainly understood why. Um, but the Colts fought back. Um, Rivers, as you said, played a great game. Um, their defense, though, I mean, they after the initial blitz by Green Bay, did keep Rodgers in check, did make a very explosive offense. Um, I won't say look ordinary, but they did keep their team in the game and get the ball back when they needed to, to really fuel that uh, that offensive turnaround. You, you're giving Rodgers a lot of credit there. There were a couple of times, I'll be honest, as a fan watching the game, the expressions by Rodgers he was throwing didn't inspire me. Like, I'm not a professional sportsman by any manner of means. I've never played in a professional team. So I have no idea how your star players' reactions truly affect you. But to me, I've seen the quarterbacks go around and give the hugs to people and to gee up their team. I've seen the quarterbacks, uh, Philip Rivers and Tom Brady, probably two of the worst of this, roar and scream and shout at people. Both tend to work. The almost ambivalent shrugs and strange glances from Rodgers that the TV cameras were picking up. I mean, I don't know how as a wide receiver or as a, uh, an offense you react to those because it was almost like, a, you know, a, an ennui of like, what do I do here? Um, here? Here we go again scenario. Here we go again. And that doesn't, as a fan, that doesn't inspire me. I mean, look, he's an amazing player. He's an amazing, uh, can make all the throws in the book, can probably make... Um, probably the most technically proficient quarterback in the NFL and even include Pat Mahomes in that mix. I mean, Rodgers has made throws that no human can. But we come back to this as like, is he a leader? Is he inspiring? Is he really going to bring the Packers to that promised land again? Um, And I see games like that and I see reactions like that and I kind of think, no, they're always going to come up short in the playoffs yet again. Well, they might come up short in the playoffs, but I don't think it'd be because of... Packers themselves this year, you know, last year's defense was obviously kind of a, a question mark and they got blown out in that championship game against the, the 49ers, but I think it might be a case that there's just as better teams in the NFC this year whilst it's still very competitive, I think just two or three days, you'd still, you'd still right ahead of the Packers Yeah, okay, well look good. I'm moving on, I mean um, any other games that, you know, that, and there was a great game, and it was, you know, two and a throw in great quality by both teams, any other games you wanted to dwell on? Well, look, we won't we won't dwell on the the Steelers game too much. Just just to say, we've won again, um, another another strong week for the Steelers. Um, but yeah, I won't go into that one in too much detail. To be honest, the Tennessee Titans Ravens game was a really enjoyable game. Um, it was a re- like first three quarters was one of those sort of old style football games, and it, to be honest, even before kickoff happened, you knew it was going to be a fairly aggressive tight affair when the uh, Tennessee Titans players all congregated on the crest of the Baltimore Ravens on the field. And it wasn't the Ravens players who came out to challenge them, but it was John Harbaugh and the coaches from the Baltimore Ravens who came out to basically take on the Tennessee Titans. And then uh, at which point uh, the Tennessee Titans coaches kind of came on and said, here, lads, get off it. And it was just, it was an interesting kind of build up. Tennessee Titans were really playing mind games with the Ravens. I think for the first three quarters, by the end of the third quarter, the Ravens were 21-13 ahead. Uh, and again, just similar to the way the Ravens have been playing this year, they've been kind of poor in the fourth quarter quite a lot. And, Lamar Jackson, I, I made this comment in the WhatsApp group between us. Every time he gets the ball, I never think he's going to pass first. I always feel like he's going to try and run. And I feel as a defense, that's that makes your life a little bit easier because you always think he's going to spend a little bit more time thinking about the run option 
as opposed to the pass option. And he saw Tennessee Titans fight back to take it into overtime and then win it with a, a touchdown uh, in, in overtime for the Titans. So it was a really good game, but I think it's disappointing for Ravens and they just seem to be um, going backwards at the moment. I saw the video coverage of the incident in which we're discussing around the half the halfway line and the Titans players doing their merry dance. And uh, yeah, Harbour was on and he was, he was pretty much giving it to Vrabel that it's disrespectful and that wouldn't happen if they went into Tennessee. But Vrabel was saying kind of man up here, you know, this is a, it's a big, big boys game, you know, suck it up and get on with it. Yeah. I have a funny feeling that these things tend to come back and bite you. And I could see, especially with the way the scenario is now with, the Ravens now not looking like they're going to win the division because the Steelers are so far ahead. And if the Steelers win on Thanksgiving Day, that pretty much secures the division. I mean, they're, they literally qualify for playoffs with a win tomorrow. So you might find another scenario, which is the wrong way around in terms of what we had last year. You might find that the Tennessee Titans might win the division and they could end up hosting the Ravens in a wildcard game. You know, sometimes these teams come back to Boise and I could see a scenario where we get to the playoffs and the Ravens will be even more you know, G'd up to go in and beat Tennessee. Because Tennessee was, it was a big win. They haven't been turning over teams no, in, they, in a they, fashion that we, we saw towards the back end really, of last year. They've had a really strong start to the season, but then that kind of last kind of few games, they seem to hit a bit of a stumbling block. I think for the Ravens, one of the biggest issues is their offensive line as well. Um, they're missing some key personnel there with injuries, etc. And Lamar Jackson just, I think he had 17 out of 29 passes at the weekend. I, it, that's not the ratings for you know your tier one quarterback and, and the Lamar Jackson that we've seen in the past. And I do think it's down to, it's not down to him. I think it's down to kind of some of the plays, but and also he called out his team afterwards, as in we saw the, the touchdown at the end where three or four defensive backs couldn't even take down um, a Tennessee Titans player. Not just any player though, is it? No, it's not AJ, just any player. but AJ. Yeah. AJ Brown stormed through, but Derek Henry. I mean, Derek Henry is just a beast, though. just unbelievable. His 29 yard run seal, it obviously was a difference maker, but um, AJ Brown's um, moves and kind of abuse of, of some of their defenders was was impressive to see. Um, it's funny for me, um, both these teams really are strong run teams, but you need to still rely upon your quarterback at times. You can see when that goes well uh, and you can see when it goes badly uh case in point the cowboys vikings game at the weekend as well the cowboys somehow squeaking out a win and even with the red rocket a quarterback but kirk cousins even with delvin cook even with adam Thielen, can't make it happen and unfortunately the ravens have the look for me this year of a team that just can't get it together at the moment they're outside the playoff places like they're not even in seventh wildcard spot at six and four um so they have work to do. And Lamar, I don't know if defences have just adapted to him. He did have one just pearl of a throw in the fourth quarter, a long um, a long throw where the, uh, the defence um, dropped back into coverage just over the the, the arms, um, like a 40-yard, just absolute dime. But his kind of funky short-arm motion, inaccuracy on short throws, don't doesn't give you great confidence all the way through. And I, I quoted before his downfield throw, and other than that dime I referred to, he's generally been poor for the season. Uh, he averaged out about 38% in terms of throws more than 15 yards downfield. And when defences don't respect that and can load up against the run, you're going to have trouble. Um, I yeah, think real, I think the reality is, by and large, I think a lot of teams are starting to figure him out. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. I think the defenses are adapting to what they're doing yeah. and appreciating. And let's face it, his number one receiver still is Mark Andrews. And 
Mark Andrews is a very, very good tight end, all very well-rounded, great receiver as well. Um, but he can be taken out of the game as well. Or you might allow Mark Andrews to, to get a bit on you as long as you're stopping that run game, gashing you up on a consistent basis. Um, it's going to be an uphill struggle for them. The Titans needed to win, though, as well. Like with the Colts' performance, the Colts beating the Packers as well, the Colts beating them uh, to hold the, the tiebreaker on the previous Thursday night game. Um, they really needed, um, of the previous week, they really needed to keep up and maintain, uh, keep up with the Joneses. And who knows? You say about things come back to bite you, Brian. If the Colts win out the division, the Steelers, as it looks like, win out their division, that tiebreaker between the Titans and the Ravens could be even more important at the end of the day. Yeah. So it could be the difference between playoffs or not as well. Look, um, there were lots of games the weekend, obviously. Um, shout out to the Broncos, who kind of bounced back, surprisingly. Um, three, um, uh, getting the win against the Dolphins, who have been on a very hot streak. Um, I mentioned earlier the aforementioned appalling uh, Detroit uh, Lions, but kudos to the Panthers, smash, smash, snapping a five-game losing streak. And the Saints, um, rather surprisingly, in my mind, handled the Falcons with the... Um, untested unused Taysom Hill in his first ever start but Taysom Hill and the Saints were obviously trying to replace a legend in Drew Brees there happens to be another legend who plays in the NFL currently today he's actually the guy who's thrown more touchdown passes than any other quarterback in the history of the NFL he's a guy you might have heard him he's a guy by the name of um come to me come to me oh Brady that's it yeah yeah Tom Brady um unfortunately for Tom Brady this year whether it's Monday night, Sunday night, or anything with the shiny lights, um, his team doesn't like to show up. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yet again, were defeated in primetime, this time by the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm sure Jared Goff and Sean McVay feel like it's some kind of retribution for the previous Super Bowl win. But on a very serious note, that team, every time they play in, in um, primetime, at the moment seems to lose and doesn't pull it together. It was, it was again, Tom Brady just having one of these performances. Like, that interception at the end was... was pathetic. Yeah, th th there's literally no way else to describe it. Like, you can't blame it on anything. He wasn't under pressure. I think the term going around is that he's starting to see ghosts. He's starting to think that there's pressure when there's pressure, when pressure isn't there. And he's just, every week we kind of get back on him, he just has a terrible performance. And he has all of the assets. And again, Mike Evans did a, an, an A.J. Brown-type uh, touchdown, ran into the end zone with three or four fellas hanging off him and we thought as I called it out I said Ramsey who had an unbelievable performance against the Seahawks the week before there was only one Ramsey and there's a lot of uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive weapons but to be fair to the Rams defense they played really well like as in they really contained the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but they gave them an opportunity to win it and of all the people in the world you would have said yeah give me Tom Brady to to go on that two minute run and, and win it for me but it just I don't know. There's something wrong there. And a lot of his passes, I don't know if you notice them, they look really like low to the feet of a lot of the players as well. It was just a strange performance from Brady. Yeah, Bruce Arians was um, doing an interview last week in which he said that Brady's not adapting as quickly as he would like to the offense. And he expects him to look for the long pass force before he takes the short pass. And Brady seems to be working off on the base of a look for the short force before they go long. It's funny you said that, Gordon, around Brady getting the ball at the end. And, you know, when Brady gets it nine times out of ten, he drives down and wins the game. But, for, for, you know, in terms of the performance, I never actually thought that would happen. I was actually confident the Rams would hold on. And you, you touched on the interception at the end, but the one in the first half, I thought, was actually even worse. 
where he went when he went deep and you know you could you could challenge that towards the back end of the game you've got to make a play and nine times out of ten the quarterback will try trust the word receiver and put the ball between the two between the two safeties sorry the safety and the cornerback but in the first half one he didn't even see the safety whatsoever come across which it was just it looked like a bizarre play to be honest I, I I'm I'm not concerned I mean he's the greatest player that ever walked on the the gridiron but like I mean I'm curious as to where his mental state is in some respects like he had that um, as you greatly enjoy Brian Fufar in the Bears game, where he apparently didn't seem to realise it was fourth down, even though he claimed afterwards he did know very well it was fourth down. Um, and also in this, oh, no. this Rams game, there was a bizarre play where he threw the ball, batted down, caught it. And of course, you know, we've seen Marcus Mariota in a playoff game score a touchdown off that type of bizarre scenario. His first pass Brett Favre ever actually completed was a pass to himself in a similar situation. But Brady, I don't know, have fear or whatever, instantly then threw the ball again down to Evans, which is an immediate penalty. And I'm kind of like, you've been playing in the league for 20 odd years. You know the rules. Why would you do that? I, I just, the, I just the, kind the, of was what's going on there? Well, the only thing I thought at the time was when I watched it was if, your own, if it hits off your own player, you can't throw the ball down the field. But if it's batted by the other team's player, you can throw the ball down the field. And yeah. did, he, did he think it would it come off a. A Rams player. That's the only thing I could think of at the time. And uh, you you can't. Yeah. If it's the other player, you can't. There, there, okay. There's there's two interesting stats as well. I don't know if any of you picked up on them. One was about Sean McVay. So in I think he's just gone now 40 games going yeah. in at halftime with the lead and not losing um, for the Rams, which I thought was a phenomenal stat. But then also a really interesting one that was picked off was Jordan yeah. Fuller, who picked off Brady twice on Sunday. They were both selected with 199th pick, 20 years apart, which again, just a really nice trivia piece. I did I did see the link on Twitter where the Rams had linked in and said, not bad for the 199th pick, which actually did make me smile. I thought that was a really good touch. But look, guys, I mean, I want to move away from last week. And indeed, look, we're not even touching on, you know, Joe Burrow's horrific injury. You know, uh, thoughts go out to Bengals fans and Joe Burrow himself, obviously, but Bengals fans who... I've had to deal with this not once but twice in reasonably recent history with Carson Palmer before as well. Um, the Chiefs Raiders game we could talk about to be honest till Kingdom Come. It was a great, great game. Um, and Andy Reid's quote for me. I mean, you could talk about you know Carr and Gruden stepped up to the plate again. They nearly got the Chiefs, but Andy Reid's quote at the end. He said, "You know, were you ever worried or did anything concern?" I said, "Hey." You give me a minute and a half at the end with the ball, and I've got Pat Mahomes. I'm good with that. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, you know, it was I, a great, I, great line, and he, he performed. Yeah, like Tom similar, Brady used to be. I know Brian wants to say. No, what I was going to say was similar kind of conversation when they asked Mahomes. You know, when the touchdown went in, one minute odd left. What was your first reaction? He just says, "We're just going to go and win the game." You <laughs> know, the confidence is just unbelievable. Do you, do you know the one that always sticks in my mind, actually? And you'll love this reference, Brian, but the 16-0 Patriots, obviously, the Super Bowl against the Giants, a Giants score to um, Pascal Burris. There were 33 seconds remaining or 32 seconds remaining, I want to say, but the Patriots still held all three timeouts. And Michael Strahan tells the story where he kind of goes, oh, damn, did we score too early? Because he actually wondered, are we giving them enough time to get down into field goal position? Um, that that yeah. I thought was impressive. Of course, they hadn't, but still. Um, 38 seconds to be precise. 30, 38, was it? Yeah. 
Yeah. But sounds like sounds like you've watched those last two minutes of that game a hell of a lot more times than I have, Brian. You I just tell watched you, it I, half an hour ago. <laughs> I, it's not there's not too many times I've I've watched those those minutes. About the only thing in those last two minutes that I've watched is um, Brady's second down throw, seventy yards down the field to Randy Moss, which misses by an inch. An inch. It is, and it is just an inch, and it's probably the best throw he's ever thrown in his entire life. That I actually thought you were going to refer to Brady's press conference before that game when he started chuckling away with Plaxico Boris's comments that they're only going to score seventeen points on us. And he but that's laughing. why he. That's why he was laughing, Brian, because they weren't even going to score seventeen points. That's why he was laughing. Yeah, he's obviously. We, yeah, won't, anyway. we won't relive a Super Bowl from thirteen years ago. I mean, hey guys, it's Thanksgiving week. We should be reliving the butt fumble, really, from eight years ago. That would be much more fun today. But speaking of Thanksgiving, we do have a great slate of games. Obviously, well, we've a slate of games. Great is too strong. Anything that features the Lions already is probably not great. Should be in the title, and anything that features the NFC least should never be referring to great but we do have the lions of the texans starting off the day um or starting off at 6 p.m for us in ireland um cowboys and the redskins and then what is a meaningful game steelers and the ravens gentlemen whoever wins the the cowboys redskins game will for what it's worth and it's pretty meaningless be the leaders of the nfc east come the end of the day um I'm glad you said for by the end of the day and not by the end of the weekend. That's good to good to hear, Mark. I'm I'm not I'm not suggesting the Giants are gonna lose, Brian, yet. Anyway. So we might um, we, no, we how do you feel about these games? Where do you see, you know, let's let's take Thanksgiving as a slot in itself. Like who's gonna win those games? Gordo, I think we'll start we'll start with you. I think I know what you're gonna say for the last game and anyway. I think yeah, in terms of where, where it's all over, Texas Lions again is one of these kind of meaningless games. I think the line is minus three in favor of the Texans for this game. Again, I'm leaning towards the Texans to to win this against Detroit Lions, and I think there's going to be a new head coach with the Lions by the end of the season. I don't think Matt Patricia lasts the rest of the season. Uh, with Washington, it's interesting. Alex Smith got a big win at the weekend. Obviously, Joe Burrow is going down with a horrific injury. And then the Cowboys, again, another head coach is under fire, but he will still be there. You don't see Jerry Jones making changes. The Dallas Cowboys are minus three favorites, and I'm kind of tending to go with the Washington Redskins for this game. I think if Chase Young and the guys can get at the, the Dallas offense, this could be a, a big win for Washington. And then for the Steelers-Ravens games, obviously the performance of the weekend is not what I'd like to see as a Steelers fan for uh, the Ravens because I think it could be a bounce-back game. But again, Steelers are minus five and a half favorites, and I think that is just showcasing how well Big Ben is playing at the moment and the offense in general. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Steelers to, to win that game and cover the handicap. I agree with Gordon on the I agree with Gordon on the first game. Um, Texans are a much better team, and I keep banging on about it every week. They're a much better team than the record um, shows. I picked them last week against the Patriots. They handled the Patriots comfortably enough, and uh, the Lions look. The Lions are struggling. There's no confirmation where Galladay is going to play. It looks like he's out again. Amadol is out. I'm not sure where they're going to get the points from, which was kind of reflective in last Sunday's game, but they just didn't have enough players. And uh, the Texans are coming off a good win, so I think Texans will win. In the second game, I'm actually torn on this one. I really am. Um, I need the Washington team to win. But I think the Cowboys will win. I think the Cowboys got a great reaction to... Uh, I don't know if you read the story about Ricard bringing this, bringing the sledgehammer to uh, Minnesota and breaking a watermelon before the game in the hotel. As if to say, come on, it's time for us to finally get out there and perform. I'm going to pick the Cowboys, team to cover. 
I still think it'll be a tight game, but I think they'll just have enough. I think they've got more players on offense than Washington do, and I think they will. Dalton's, like I said in a few podcasts, he, on his day, he can be a good quarterback, and I think he'll do the business in this game. And then the final game, agree with Gordon, Steelers to win. The Ravens are actually looks like they're going to miss three or four players from because of the COVID situation. Sorry, forgot about that as well, yeah. yeah. So if there's even a question mark whether the game will go ahead. Um, but I think the NFL are saying it has to go it's ahead. It's going ahead by hook or by crook. Yeah. One, it's Thanksgiving. We need to give the Americans some uh, TV viewing on Thursday night. And as well as that, they're running their schedules and running their days to where they can adjust games. To. So status for me to win comfortably. Do you know, I'm I'm kind of impressed that you said, uh, you know, Andy Dalton has a good day occasionally. Like, um, I think it was... December 2019, he threw for nearly 400 yards and four TDs against Miami. I think that was the day. They still bloody lost that game as well, um, which is fair to say. So um, the Red Rocket for me isn't as good a story as Alex Smith, the wonderful bionic man. Um, So um, maybe it's emotion. Maybe it's just uh, where I want it to be. But uh, Washington will win that game. Personally, guys, I've been on... The Cowboys at the start of the season. Then I said the Eagles, you know, should walk it once they got their players back from injury. And they look like they're doing a rather big mess in a, in a bedroom. And then I've kind of started to be attracted by the Giants and what they're doing. So now I might as well just add the Redskins. Sod it. We'll go with the, the sorry, the Washington football team. They're going to win the division. I can't disagree with you on the Texans and the Lions. I'll go with the Texans and the Steelers. They shouldn't be five and a half point favorites. They shouldn't even be three point favorites. It's going to be tighter. It's going to be brutal. It's the AFC North. But they're going to go to 11 and 0 and they're going to beat the Ravens. Yep, fair. Yep. So, uh, guys, go on to the Patriots versus the Cards. I'm sure you've got lots of lovely things to say about them. Yeah, well, the Cardinals last week, um, yeah, they lost in the, in the game in Seattle on Thursday night, which was, I think, a game which the majority was thought that. The Cardinals will actually win on the back of that big win against the Bills, but Kyler Murray didn't look right all, all game. He picked up a, a kind of a, a sprain on the arm very early on, and he seemed to adapt the entire game plan thereafter. He didn't run; he only ran for about 16, 17 yards in the game, where where normally he's running for 80 to 100 yards a game. So, you know, that was a positive for Seattle. And Seattle's defense, in fairness, seemed to turn the corner against the Rams the week before that, and they played it well, and they pulled out a big win. In saying that. Pages just have not been good. That Ravens win was, we'll call it an anomaly. Mark might, might disagree, but they came back to earth last week against the Texans. And the line is only two and a half points. The Cardinals will win and win well. Yeah, I don't really have much more to add to that, to be honest. I think the Patriots are on a bit of a streak at the moment. And to be honest, I think it's beneficial to them uh, to keep losing. I don't think they want to win too many more games because the higher the draft pick, the better for them. So I'm going to go to the Cardinals. That minus two and a half is just too enticing not to go with it. Yeah. Cards need to win to stay in the, the hunt and the, the wild card. It's going to be very competitive in the NFC um, in terms of that. But maybe you've got, well, I say that maybe I would have been worried before. Maybe like someone like a Vikings or a Lions would come sneaking up. Maybe the line, the cards can just actually coast for the rest of the season and take the seventh slot. Um, they've certainly got a bit of room, but um, they're a far better football team than the Patriots. It pains me to say that. I don't discount Bill Belichick being able to befuddle Kyler Murray, though. Hopkins is going to be doubled on every single play. And if they can take away the passing game, 
cards can get one-dimensional, but can I really see past the cards the way the Patriots have been playing? Rex Burkhead's now out for the season, although they're going to lean heavily on the run game. Nah, it's the cards for me, unfortunately. I'm de- depressed. Let's move on. Um, Panthers bounce back win, as I said, breaking their five-game streak. They're going to the, the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings currently minus four points. The Vikings just, you know, I can't bet on them. I can't trust them. I can't do anything with them. For me, even though it doesn't make sense because it's a PJ Walker I'm betting on, um, I think the Panthers will win this game. Like, I just think the Vikings keep imploding and they keep doing it to themselves time and time again. I, I think when you're over-relying on Kirk Cousins and then a running back who's been playing phenomenally well, but again, when you're relying on a running back to win your games, uh, I just think the Panthers have too much. Uh, and I think, yeah, I'm going to go with the Panthers. And at minus four for the Vikings, uh, yeah, they're, I think they're really underestimating what the Panthers and Matt Rule have in store for them. They're such a topsy-turvy team. You just, as you said, you can't figure them out. They win three in a row. They were, the, they were the, what we called their nap of the week last week when they were mine. And a egg on my face after that. And not only that, they cost me in some bigger bets at the weekend. So, yeah, one very frustrated person who, do, who no longer likes the Vikings. But, <laughs> at the same, but in saying that, you've a boat gone against them. So you know what's going to happen. They're going to yeah, rebound. They're going to rebound. And the Panthers won last week because the Lions were very poor. PJ Walker threw two interceptions in the red zone. So yeah. his performance looks a lot better than it actually was. And against any other team, I think the Panthers would have lost. I think the Vikings... At home, we'll cover that four and a half. I want C Mac back, run CMC, and then we'll I think see he him. is actually sorry, just yeah, yeah. yeah, he's back in practice today. Big difference. So, next game, guys, the Browns of the Jaguars. Um, Jaguars on an eight nine game, thanks to the Steelers now losing streak after a great start to the season winning the Colts. Um, the Browns they keep finding a way, but Gordo, if you don't like teams who rely on their running back, I mean, the only people they can rely upon really are Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. I don't want to rely upon Baker Mayfield to do much for me, to be frank. No, but at least in the Brown sense, they're relying on a, on a deadly duo to, to really basically punch you to death by the end of the game. And that's what they're doing with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And we've said it. Um, I don't think Mayfield is the future for, for the Browns at the moment uh, in terms of being a franchise quarterback. They have to build their team around the other offensive weapons, and they're doing that. I think this is a great opportunity for the Browns to keep going what they're doing and with Stefanski and the play calling that he has. I, unfortunately, the Jags, I don't see this happening. And at minus seven for the Browns, I think it's a, an easy enough win for them. I know they, they, they struggled a little bit at the weekend, but I think they, they should cover this one. Gordon, last week you said that Jake Luton wasn't the future for the, for the Jags. And I stand but, by that. And you're absolutely right, because Mike Lennon is now the starter for the Jags. It was just announced <laughs> in the last two hours. So... That doesn't fill any Jags fan with any confidence. In fact, I think this is actually even easier for the Browns. The yeah. Browns keep winning these games. I ran during the week, the Browns are the Browns. They'll lose against the good teams, but they'll continue to just beat teams that they should be. And that's that's a good sign in terms of them getting to the playoffs. So, yeah, the Browns will keep on rolling with a win this weekend. Yeah. Uh, another team that had a bit of a role, um, the LA Chargers. Um Justin Herbert, as I keep saying, throwing the prettiest deep ball in the NFL at the moment. They're playing the Buffalo Bills. And, and actually to round out the AFC East, because the Dolphins obviously had a setback this week, but they were starting to look in contention to maybe challenging the Bills. The Dolphins have what we refer to as a bye. That is, they play the New York Jets. Um, you know, interesting as the charge have been, guys. I can't see past the Bills and the Dolphins to win this game. How do you feel it's going? I, I, when I look at this one with the Chargers in particular, as in, uh, like, 
they ran it close with the New York Jets in terms of the scoreline, which I said was going to happen. I think I called that in the last week. I don't think it was going to be as much of a blowout as the handicap. I think the handicap was about minus 13 or 14 at the time. Uh, against the Bills, I'm still very high on the Bills. I think the Bills to cover over this one at minus five and a half. I think it'll be a high scoring game. I think the over-unders is 53 and a half. I'm going to cover the, the overs on this one. Uh, and then with the Dolphins, well, like the point that has to be made from last week's game for the Dolphins is Tua was sacked five times uh, and was taken out and replaced by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously, uh, Brian Flores and the guys have come out now and said Tua is our starting QB, but he's showing signs, Brian, that he's like, he is a rookie quarterback. Like to get beaten up five sacks and have to get taken out and throw Ryan Fitzpatrick in to try and win the game. Who, sorry, I'm not high in the Dolphins now because I had them in a in a an accumulator, four way accumulator, and they were the team that let me down last minute when I thought it was a dead cert. So I'm going to go with obviously the Dolphins to win, but uh, you hope for Tua that he has a better game than he did last week. I think he's fortunate that he's landing on a game which. Boy, and large, most quarterbacks in the league would be enticed by because they're just gonna he's gonna go out there and have a, a good day, and you'd expect him to be thrown for 200, 300 yards potentially, and a couple of touchdowns. They're gonna win the game easy. The handicap's minus seven, could be higher. But yeah, to the point, Denver's always one of those games. It's a tricky one. You go into mile high, you know, they have a good defense, albeit they haven't been playing too well this season. And on their day, you know, they can they can put in a performance, and they did just that. And they were up early, seven nil too. Seems to be playing well, but. Yeah, he got the run around on Sunday, and but at the same time, he took it well. He didn't, you know, you know, after the game, in terms of they asked why, you know, he was taken out because it just didn't play well. I was sacked five times. They felt we still had an opportunity to win the game, so they did what was right for the team, which was good to see. And then on the other game, the Bills have had a fortnight to to mull over that Hale Murray pass and yeah. the sting that comes with that. And I think they'll be really gung ho for Sunday. And I'll tell you now, they're my nap of the week. The Bills, the Bills. You've got the Chargers coming across to the East Coast. The Bills have had a fortnight to get ready for the game. And any week, by and large, you'll be picking the Bills. I think the Bills will win this one. And where the Chargers have been running teams close, I don't think that'll happen this weekend. All right, guys. The um, the joys of parenthood sometimes kicks in and gets in the way as well. But um, uh, Raiders versus the Falcons... Um, and the Giants versus the Bengals. I want to make a comment about both these games that it's really about disappointment versus disappointment the whole way along. But I don't want to really upset Mr. O'Leary too much. But it's fair to say that I would actually go so far as say, other than the Raiders, and even their fans were disappointed in some ways in how this, this season has gone, those teams have pretty much underperformed. Like, Brian, the Giants, I mean, yes, you're technically – are you technically leading or a half game out? You're a half game out of the lead in the NFC East. But you're not happy at three and seven, surely. Surely you're miserable and depressed. I mean, at least you're, you're going up against a Bengals team that just lost its franchise quarterback. So that should be It's about progress good. this year, Mark. And I've been saying that from day one. And oh, we- all right. Progress, progress. We've had a few shoddy head coaches over the past few years, and I think it's fair to say we'd all agree we don't have a shoddy head coach now. Last week, the uh, offensive line coach was sacked. Colombo, who's six foot eight, and by all accounts, the speculation there was fisticuffs, but they've denied that. But look, he's his own man. He seems to be running a very tight ship there. And yeah, we might be only a half game back, and we might be only three and seven, but at the end of the day, if you get into the playoffs, who knows what can happen. And the teams that they could come up against, They've actually played really well against, albeit lost. So who knows? Could turn around, come 
playoff time. Away to the Bengals. Look, I won't lie. I was relieved to see. It's terrible to say this. When Joe Burrow got carted off and was, I don't want to see any player get injured. A part of me did say, oh, we're playing the Bengals next week. That just got easier. <laughs> <laughs> it's the so, fan in you, Brian. It's the fan in you. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I'm with you. The Giants, for me, are the favourites. And obviously the Raiders um, should handle the Falcons. But, you know, it's the Raiders. And sometimes they... They, they make a mistake, but after the performance they gave against the Chiefs, they live up to anything like that. They should handily f- feature in that game. I, mean, I think, Gordo, do you see it going any different way? No, I think the Raiders are one of these teams, like, they're showing a lot of potential, and yeah, they're losing one or two games, but again, they're putting teams to the sword at times, and again, against Patrick Mahomes and the guys, they, they drove right up to the end, and I think Derek Carr is proving he is a good quarterback. Um, I think with another offseason under the belt for Jay Gruden, it could be a, a big year for Las Vegas Raiders next year and depending how they draft I'm going to go with the Raiders to cover this one easily enough against the Falcons and then yeah look this is the Giants this is the opportunity for the Giants to get a big win if you can't beat the Bengals with Joe Burrow not at the helm uh, yeah it's, it's it's one of those games so yeah easy win for the Giants so it brings me to two games I really would like to dwell on they're the two games to me that are the most interesting the weekend the most exciting the most with the biggest playoff implications outside maybe of the Steelers Ravens obviously on Thanksgiving Titans, Colts, and the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. So not only should they be good games, but like Titans, Colts, like the Titans really need to win that game. Otherwise, the Colts have the tiebreaker and a game to head start on them uh, again. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's one of these games. As in, the Colts are four and one at home at the moment, and they're welcoming a Titans team uh, who are three and one away. So it's it's a fairly equal matchup uh, between both sides. Again, I, I I was a bit shocked, shocked, but also not overly surprised about Aaron Rodgers having a dub game, one of those sort of games, because it can happen to Aaron Rodgers. I just didn't think Philip Rivers would perform as well as he's done. Um, and he is, he is improving. Old Man Rivers is improving week in, week out. But I'm going to go with the Titans to continue on the surge. I just think they're too strong a team. They're going to beat up the Colts, I think, and it'll be an interesting battle um, with the run game from the Tennessee Titans and the defense from the Colts. So like Indianapolis are favorites at minus three and a half. I'm taking that every day of the week. And then on our Chiefs Buccaneers game, like after the fumble or the interception that Tom Brady's thrown and the Chiefs being the Chiefs, I don't see this going any other way other than the Chiefs win, to be honest. I agree with you on the Titans. I'm going to go with the whole form of that particular division over the years. It's topsy-turvy. The teams that tend to Lose a home against the team and then go and beat them in their own backyard. And I think having won that game in Baltimore last week, I wouldn't say it was a, a season saviour for the Titans, but certainly would have given a bit of daylight for the Colts. And um, just, the Titans obviously seem to do well when they go in, you know, to the Colts stadium. In and I think the, I think Titans will win. I agree, I'll go with the Titans. And in the other game, this might shock you. I'm actually going to go with the Bucks. Yeah, I just have a feeling that Brady's going to rebound. He rebounded the week after that poor game against the Saints, albeit they were playing the Panthers. But that time a few weeks back when they played at home to the Packers and everybody felt that the Packers would go in and beat them. And it may not necessarily be Brady that wins the game. I could see a similarity in terms of that Packers game where actually the Bucs defense manages to hold Mahomes in check. And Brady's able to play kind of a methodical game up and down the field and get enough points to win the game. So I'm going to pick the Bucs. Yeah, actually, the, the Titans, the, the thing that worries me for the Titans is how they played in that first game against Indy. Um, really tight game up to halftime, Thursday night game. And then the Colts just took off. Like, the Colts 
running touchdown. The offense couldn't get anything going for the Titans. And the Titans have historically this season, historically this season, if that's a proper expression, been very powerful in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, yes, that's when Henry rears up his head. But they've had some great comebacks. They've had some great almost comebacks. Um, with a lot of points racked up. And against the Colts, they just could not get anything going in that game. The Colts still ranked, their defense ranks number one in terms of yards allowed. And um, they seemed to adapt to what the Titans were trying to do and simply outplayed them. So I worry, do the Titans have a plan B, C, D that's effective against that type of a quality defense? Um, I'm going with the Colts to and more on the defense than on Rivers, but I think they do have more than the Titans this year. Um, Leonard and the boys will handle um, Derek and the boys uh, uh, a bit more than the other way around. Um, equally in the box, um, Chiefs game, it's hard. I, I actually fully agree with everything Brian said. I mean, it's hard for me to, to admit that out loud that I agree fully with everything Brian said, but it's exactly how I view the game. I think Levante David and Devin White will actually be the true decision makers. And Devin White is one of the rare linebackers that has the speed, to be honest, to keep up with Mahomes as well. Um, they've been very disciplined on defense. Yes, they had a, an abomination against the Saints. There's no other way of saying it. Um and they were probably out-schemed uh, by Sean McVay in the Rams game. But they they do have talent in, def- in the defense. They have a ton of talent on their offense. And some way, somehow, I think they're just going to pull it out of the bag enough. Um, Chiefs were very up for that Raiders game as well. So don't discount a kind of a little bit of a, a letdown, given that they're very comfortable um, in terms of their division lead. Uh, only a couple of games to finish off on, guys. Um NFC best or NFC West, the 49ers uh, are playing the the Rams. Uh, and also we've got the Saints at the Broncos as well. Um, feelings on those two? I'm sorry, and we should wrap up with, um, we'll wrap up with the, the late game on Sunday and the late game on Monday as well. But I on think those two games, first of all. Well, I, I think for the 49ers, they're, they're coming into a tough game against the Rams. I think it's like the Rams are minus seven. I think that's being very generous. I think it's an easy win for the Rams in this perspective. Uh, and the over-under is 45 points, which I think is a really interesting one to maybe bet the overs on this one. And then with the Saints-Broncos, like New Orleans Saints are minus six. I don't know if uh, if Drew Brees is back at the helm for that game. I don't think he is. Yeah, he's gone for a month. Gone for a month. And it, it was an interesting yeah. one. People were oh, saying, wow. should, was it is it a Taysom Hill team or were they going to play Jameis Winston? And I, I, a comment that was kind of brought to the fore from made a few months ago by Sean Payton was, if a change had to be made mid-game in a third or fourth quarter, it was going to be a James Winston team that would be taking the field. But if they were able to give Taysom Hill one week worth of preparation for yeah. any sort of game, Taysom Hill is the future for them and they want to really try him out. Uh, and I think Taysom Hill is proving he's a, he's a dynamic quarterback. He's, he can do a bit of everything. So against the Broncos who are just having one of those sort of seasons. And I know Drew Locke is having some decent games uh, here or there, but I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints to win and cover the minus six. And as I said already, Rams to easily cover the minus seven against 49ers. Yeah, I agree, John Taysom Hill. Like last week was his first proper game as quarterback leading the team. And whilst he was sacked a couple of times and he did have some kind of, you know, silly plays at times, overall, he was impressive enough. And he ran in two touchdowns, which helped my bank account. So, you know, he's in the good books this week. And the, the Broncos, yeah, coming off a very good win against the Dolphins. But you'd have to expect... The push is on now. The Saints keep winning. They um they get the four seed. And I think that's also in the in their the back of their minds. So I think the Saints will win and cover. 
And then on the other game, the 49ers have actually done really well against the Rams over the past while. Well, it's a bit of a weird division. Where the Rams seem to take care of the Hawks, the 49ers have been taking care of the Rams, but that's going to completely switch flip over this weekend because the 49ers are banged up and the Rams are going for the playoffs now. Now top of the division as well. Rams to win and cover. I'm going to keep it simple. Rams and Saints. Two teams that are going to the playoffs are going to be the two teams that ain't going to the playoffs. Um, and it's as simple as that. And in fact, if we turn to the Sunday night and Monday night game, I'm going to give you the same breakdown. Bears at the Packers and Seahawks at the Eagles. You know, the line, I mean, I think the line for the Packers is now minus eight and a half. Um, it's going to be one of the more extreme lines in the Packers-Bears game for many a year, I imagine. But the Packers are going to win that game and the Seahawks are going to go into Philadelphia and destroy Philadelphia. Stat of the week for me, Brian Still, 4-19-1. The non-divisional record of NFC East teams. There is rarer a sure thing in life. The Seahawks will wallop the Eagles and the Packers will do likely uh, likewise with the Bears. The Eagles' next four games is um, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints and the Cardinals. It's a great smile on my face when you hear those games. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, I think when you look at this this kind of roundup, it's 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 two like one on the Bears Packers game. You do not want to be facing the Packers. I say it every single time after Aaron Rodgers has had one of those sort of games. And I tell you, Scantling, I'm going to put money on him to score a touchdown after all the abuse he's getting this week. And you're going to get a Hall of Fame performance from Aaron Rodgers. I think against the Bears. And I think it's an easy win for the Seahawks. There's no question about that. I think it's two easy predictions there. Yeah, and well, it's normally the, uh, the divisional games in that particular division are always quite close. Just, you just cannot see a way. And it looks like Mitch Trubitsch is going to play. Foles looks like he's going to be out. So oh, it's the only wonderful. thing. That, that's going to be an amazing spark plug to the Bears' offense. I yeah. cannot wait to see the dynamic play. Um Mark, Very seriously, Gordo just called it there. He expects Valdez Scandling to score a touchdown. So why don't you throw it over, Gordo, and to get our gambling guru, Mr. O'Leary, to tell people how they can win some money this weekend. Yeah, look, I'll bring a bit of positivity and energy to the finish of the podcast here for you, Mark, just to enlighten your day. So, yeah, as we've said all year, we've partnered up with horseracingbuddy.ie. And, again, you'll find all of Brian's picks across Facebook, Twitter, and any social media channel that Brian is managing it these days. So, Brian... Quickly, give me the banker. What is what is our what is our banker of the week? Touched on it earlier. I expect a huge reaction from the Bills after that tough loss to the Cardinals. The five and a half point favorites at home too. The Chargers coming across the East Coast. Don't think it'll be close. I think the Bills will win and win comfortably. Okay, perfect. And are you are you uh, including your banker in your treble this week? Or are we stick keeping it separate to to save everyone's blushes? No, we're going to win two bets. That's why I'm not putting them in. Okay, <laughs> that's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. The Rams minus seven. Touchdown yeah. there. Can't see the 49ers doing anything nope. in that particular game. Haven't heard the news about Mike Lennon playing for the Jags. I think I'm comfortable in picking the Browns minus six and a half points. And the yeah. Cardinals, Mark won't be happy to hear this, but Mark touched on it. And you touched on a corner. So too enticing. Minus two and a half. A field goal win. Even Murray doesn't have the best of games. It's too low. Cardinals, Browns, Rams. And then Brilliant. you know the quarterback bet, don't you? Well, I was going to say is, and there's a couple of options this week with everyone playing. So I'm assuming Kyler Murray's making one of your quarterback bets. And are you are you throwing Taysom Hill in there as well? Oh, Taysom Hill is the new, the new yeah. kid on the block. Taysom Hill, travel this week. Taysom Hill, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray. Love it, love it. Look, they're all our bets this week uh, in association with HorseRacingBuddy.ie. So we'll have all those up on social media as soon as possible. Mark, over to you there, so you can take some of those and hopefully uh, win a bit of money this weekend. 
I need to, Gordo. I need to um, make 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 some money. Sounds like a great plan and everything. Well, gents, look, we're we're getting into the 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 salad days of summer are long since past. We're getting into where the really the meat the the the, the meat or the, the rubber hits the road. Um, week eleven has passed. Week twelve and the rest of the push to Tampa is ahead of us. Fourteen teams will make the playoffs. Um, who and how and where will be the deciding factors. And we've got some great games ahead of us to determine it all. Look forward to enjoying it in your company, gents. And until next time, that's all from us. Have a good one. Thank you.